Thank you for tuning in to the High Praise Podcast. We know that you're going to be blessed by this discussion today on the power and purpose of the prophetic ministry in the church. Today's panel is hosted by Apostle Robert Gay from High Praise Panama City and also features Pastor Chris Gabrielson from High Praise Central Minnesota. Pastor Casey Doss from Hope Unlimited Church in Knoxville, Tennessee, and also me, Pastor Joshua Gay of High Praise Orlando. Get ready. You're going to be blessed. You're going to be enlightened. You're going to be encouraged by this discussion today. Well, welcome, everybody. Welcome, uh, uh, Pastor Joshua Gay, Pastor Casey Doss, and also Pastor Chris Gabrielson from uh, High Praise uh, Central Minnesota. Um, today, uh, it's just great to have all of you here and uh, excited what the Lord's doing in your lives, what God's doing in your ministry. And uh, man, what a wonderful time to be alive. Uh, we're all living in a time when we get to face something that uh, nobody has faced in over a hundred years, at least here in the United States. Uh, but uh, wow, won't we have a testimony on the other side of this? And uh, it's really going to be great. Uh, today, I wanted just to talk some about uh, the power of the word of the Lord and also the purpose of the prophetic ministry within the body of Christ today, the purpose of the prophetic ministry within the church. And, uh, and we're going to come from some unique perspectives because number one, all four of us are lead pastors. All four of us have churches that we're responsible for, uh, and they're growing churches, but they're also churches that embrace the prophetic. There are churches that embrace what God is saying, the fresh move of the Holy Spirit. There are churches that embrace revival. There are churches that embrace also uh, the authority of the Word of God. And we believe that the Word of God is, uh, the, it is the first and last authority. It's my first answer and my final answer, whatever God's Word says, whatever the Bible says. And so um, I just wanted to start it off by saying that, you know, for many years I've taught on the prophetic ministry. For many years I've taught specifically uh, on the purpose of the prophetic word because I can remember in some of the early days of the prophetic movement how that people approached the prophetic like a crystal ball. They saw the prophetic ministry like, I, oh, I want to go I want to go to a Friday night school of the Holy Spirit so I can see what God, uh, it's almost like, they, as a matter of fact, one time we had somebody show up and say, I would like to get a reading. And of course, you, you know, a, a reading is something that is more associated with, uh, you know, soothsayers and uh, tarot card uh, people and all these guys that are, are accessing they really are accessing the spirit realm in an illegitimate way. And, uh, and of course, many people have approached the prophetic as just something that shows us the future. It's like we're going to look into the magical ball now and find out what, you know, what, what, what lies in the future for us. And uh, one of the things that I began to teach is on the power and purpose of the prophetic word, specifically out of Ezekiel 37, first of all. And we see how God takes Ezekiel to the Valley of Dry Bones and then I believe that the Lord is revealing within that whole passage, although there's a message to Israel at that time, there's also, there is a, there, there is a showing forth of the power of the prophetic and the purpose that is actually in the earth, why it is in the church today. And as Ezekiel begins to prophesy, the bones come together. First thing that happens, and then he continues to prophesy flesh, sinew, and muscle. They, they begin to come upon the bones. He prophesies again, and then they begin to breathe. And the Bible says there's an exceeding great and mighty army. And then the Lord says, this is the house of Israel. 
And, and even in that, we see a picture of God's restorative power. We see a picture of resurrection life. We see a picture of God bringing things together, things that have been scattered. You know, one of the things that people need to realize is that the prophetic word is not intended to bring division or strife or discord or anything like that. It's intended to bring the body together. It brings strength. As you see, the muscle and sinew and flesh is all a type of strength. It brings structure. Uh, there is no such thing as... You know, people operating in the, well, people do this. It's not the correct way, but uh, operating in the prophetic, just as loose cannons doing whatever they want to do with no parameters, no structure. The prophetic ministry is intended to bring parameters, to bring structure, to bring things in correct order. And so uh, that's something that I've been teaching on for a long time. And then also over in Isaiah chapter 55, it says, that uh, as the rain comes down from heaven and waters the earth, so shall my word be that goes out of my mouth. He's talking specifically of the prophetic word there. He says, my word is going to be like this. And it says that it'll water the earth and it'll cause it to bud. It'll cause it to blossom. It'll not return void and it will accomplish in the thing whereunto God has sent it. So we see just from that passage of scripture that the purpose that God intends for his word is that it would produce fruitfulness within our lives. It's to cause us to bud, it's to cause us to blossom. I have so many testimonies of that actually happening within my life of how I received prophetic words concerning things that I'd never even dreamed of doing, never uh, had never actually put my hand to do, but the word of the Lord came to empower me and to release the, uh, the abilities to release the drive to begin to move into that direction and see that accomplished within my life. So um, that's just to kind of start this off and you guys can just take it wherever you'd like and just comment on whatever you would like to comment on, you know, particularly in that area and how you have seen the prophetic actually breathe life, how you've seen the purpose of God fulfilled through the manifestation of the prophetic ministry, particularly the gift of prophecy. Although, you know, we could say that about all the, all the different uh, nine gifts of the Holy spirit. So uh, Casey, you started out if you'd like to. Sure. Absolutely. One of the, one of my favorite uh, texts, I think in the new Testament about the prophetic ministry was when Paul's writing to Timothy, um, a young pastor uh, being discounted, by the elders in his church. <clears throat> and Paul says that you war a good warfare yeah. by the prophecies that have been spoken over you. Mm-hmm. Paul was saying the good things that God has said about you, that's qualified you. Right. Those become your weapons Absolutely. to fight against intimidation, mm-hmm. to fight against the spirit of fear. There's so much that is passing for prophecy now that doesn't have the qualities of being life-giving, being, being something you can go to war with. Um, I, we don't know what Paul said to Timothy. We don't know what those words said, but we do know that they were significant enough. Mm-hmm. They were specific enough that right. Timothy knew God has called and qualified me to do this, and this is how I push back against what the critics are saying. And even in my own life, um, and me and you've talked about this years ago, walked through a, a season of, of just really being um, 
I don't want to say, I guess the term would be just walking through a season of having me gripped by intimidation and fear because of certain voices that were in my life at the time. And the way I came out of that was I remembered things that God had spoke to me prophetically through people, not even things that he had spoken to me in the privacy of my own Bible study, but things he uttered to me through people that was a spark and a glimpse of hope. Whenever you read um, and we can maybe get into the the Old and the New Testament prophets and prophecy and things of that nature later. But whenever you read the Old Testament, even in the middle of their rebukes and their chastisements mm-hmm. and their, their, you know, the sky's falling and the world's going to burn language, even in the middle of all of that, they always came back to hope. They right. always came back to but there is a way forward. They were always calling people back to the covenant, back to restoration, back to renewal. And uh, at least that's how the the prophetics function in my own life. Received Mm -hmm. words from God that ministered life to me. Mm -hmm. And I've had a lot of people say encouraging things, but there's a difference between receiving an encouraging word and God is speaking to me right now and I'm listening. And that becomes a weapon that you use. Absolutely. I, I know I've ministered to you prophetically numerous times. I can't remember what I prophesied to you. But, uh, you know, the thing is, one of the things that we need to realize, going back to the scripture that you shared, is that God is always pre-arming us for something that's coming down the road. So the word of the Lord that is spoken of our lives, even though sometimes we may not totally understand or comprehend the fullness of it, what God is doing, he's placing a weapon within our hands right. that That's we will right. later, we, it's like we are pre-armed, we are pre-equipped so that whenever we get to that point within our lives or within our ministry, we're already ready. We're already, I mean, we're not having to search for something that we don't have. He has already pre-warned, pre-armed, pre-equipped us to succeed and to overcome anything that the enemy would attempt to, uh, you know, to, to, to throw our direction. And so, um, and, and so that's one we've had it happen so many times, you know, with, uh, we had several different prophetic words before, uh, Stacy, uh, and before we uh, had Kayla and actually even before even the conception of Kayla, we got prophetic words we weren't trying to receive prophetic words. They began to come to us. And then, uh, after she, after Stacy was pregnant, then, she began to bleed very heavily. The doctor said, you have an, a blighted ovum. I mean, we actually have the doctor's report, still have the doctor's report, their diagnosis where they did all of the, the tests and it came back. Uh, pregnancy took place. It died on the vine. There is no life in your womb whatsoever. She was bleeding heavily and they were saying, you need to have a DNC. And we said, no, we're going to stand and we're going to believe the word of the Lord. See, God had already pre-equipped us before we got to that point. And we had something. One of the things that people need to understand is that the word of the Lord gives you authority to do things that ordinarily are not possible. There's a supernatural empowerment that is released within your life because of the word of the Lord. And, uh, you know, that's God's part of God's purpose for, for, for the prophetic. By the way, I didn't say anything about this, but Pastor Casey Doss, he pastors Hope and Limited Church there in Chattanooga, uh, Knoxville. I'm sorry, Knoxville, <laughs> Tennessee. Um, there, Jamie, Jamie, and Judy that are in uh, Chattanooga. But anyway, in Knoxville, Tennessee. Sorry about that, Casey. Knoxville, Tennessee. If if uh, if you are in Knoxville, I'd encourage you to go check out the church 
And uh, I'm telling you, it's a great place. I've ministered there several times already. And God is doing a powerful thing there in the Knoxville area uh, through their ministry. And uh, praise God, I got to prophesy a lot whenever I was there. And uh, yes. people lined up to receive. You know, there's, there really is a hunger still within the earth for the word of the Lord. People want to hear the Lord speak to them. And, and God, he raises up prophets and he raises up prophetic people to be his voice in the earth. And we all have the indwelling uh, presence of the Holy Spirit. He is there. He continually speaks to us. But uh, as you were saying, uh, uh, Pastor Casey, you know, it's one thing whenever somebody just comes and gives you a word of encouragement. But it's another thing when a prophet under the unction of the Holy Spirit begins to prophesy to you. Right. It goes to a whole new level. Right, there is right, right. A of empowerment that you receive from that word that I don't know personally of any other way to receive that because there's just a grace, a supernatural impartation that comes when prophets begin to prophesy under the unction of the Holy Spirit, we need that power and we need that enablement. Pastor Chris Gabrielson, you know, he pastors High Praise, Central Minnesota. And uh, again, God's doing a wonderful thing there right now. Uh, Pastor Chris, you want to just chime in on this a little bit? I think he's muted. Sure. Yeah, I got it. Okay. Uh, thanks. Appreciate it. Um, yeah. Um, I just want to echo what everyone said so far. Um, you know, uh, some of the very first prophetic words I got were, were from you, Pastor Robert, and I, I recall uh, one of them, um, like it was yesterday, saying, uh, I see a, a ministry of healing and deliverance and bringing healing and deliverance to many. Mm. Um, I wasn't so keen on the ministry of healing and deliverance at that time when you released that word. Um, <laughs> it, uh, but uh, my, my wife was, was much more open to that. I was not. Um, I, uh, was, but you know, if it's coming, it's coming from a man of God that I trust, uh, I, I opened myself up to it and it imparted something into me. Uh, it, it literally had the ability to impart something, a passion of fire. And now we've written manuals. We, we've literally brought healing deliverance to, uh, uh, hundreds, if not thousands of people. Wow. Um, and, uh, it's, uh, been a tremendous blessing and something that is not available, uh, in our area, except through our ministry, as far as I'm aware. So, uh, God has that the ability to uh, to impart something in, into us through through the prophetic and, uh, and and see his will be done you know one of the things that I've noticed though is that um, there's a there's a lot of desire out there in prophetic circles to to see to be more effective in the prophetic which is great uh, we all want to be more effective in the prophetic but uh, sometimes I think the view of what causes us to be effective uh, is, it gets skewed a little bit. Um, we get focused maybe on accuracy, which accuracy is great, uh, but we have to know and understand the nature of prophecy is conditional. And, uh, and it's, it's more than just accuracy. It's bringing something forth in people's life. And one, one of the things that I've, I've learned and I always try to remind myself and, and the people of our congregation is effectiveness can always be found at the foundation. Um, you know, the, the foundation, the Bible says that the, the chief cornerstone is Christ. Uh, and that's, that's the, uh, with the mold that the entire foundation is built on. So how do we become more effective in the prophetic is we, we need to know Jesus. We need to know the heart of God. Uh, so if we want to be more prophetic, uh, be more effective in the prophetic, then we need to learn more about God. And if we need to, uh, if we want to know the heart of God, we have to go to the cornerstone. Um, and I think that's a key part of prophecy. What, what is the heart of God? Uh, Casey touched on it. Um, it's to bring hope. It's to bring restoration. It's to bring life. Uh, all of these things. Uh, obviously, in the midst of that, there should be accuracy. 
but if there's accuracy without those things, uh, then then what is it? It's it's not prophetic, and uh, and you, you even you know sometimes I, I've seen people get caught up in in the idea that uh, that the words all have to be fluffy and happy and in in like a, a warm hug. Um, but they, they don't have to be a warm hug in order to be effective and express God's heart. Right. Uh, I, I recall, and you, you, uh, you and Pastor Joshua know this well, when we were uh, working on our building, uh, God opened up some supernatural doors, just um, amazing supernatural doors. Uh, we were doing renovation on the building and, and ran into some roadblocks, uh, specifically with the city and, and, uh, and, and trying to stop what we were doing. There was one point in that process, we were kind of discouraged, but we had overcome two obstacles at the po- that point, and we got a prophetic word that said that you're going to face three obstacles, and they're going to look like uh, they're insurmountable, but God is going to come through, and you're going to come through, and this, is, this thing's going to happen. Well, that really wasn't all that encouraging at the time. You know, we, we were... We, we had just been through two, so we, we had seen the two, so we're like, yeah, and so now you're telling us there's going to be another obstacle that we have to face. Uh, I didn't want to face another obstacle. I had a good idea what it was going to be, um, and uh, it wasn't an encouraging thing to hear, and yet, exactly as Pastor Casey said, it gave us the ammunition we needed, the weapon right. we needed. When, indeed, that third obstacle came, we warred with it. We can declared, we decreed, uh, we didn't lose hope. We, we kept, that, that word gave us hope, even though it wasn't what we wanted to hear. And it allowed us to persevere and actually, in the end, overcome that obstacle and, and see God's will be done. Right, right. And, and that's what it, it really does. It, there's, uh, just because something may not be a word not appealing to your flesh, doesn't mean that it won't actually bring comfort and hope to you and encouragement to you. Because, I mean, there's there's several different ways to look at it. You know, one way to look at it is, oh, Lord, I got to, you know, there's something else I'm going to have to overcome. But the other way is uh, after this, it's over, you know, and uh, we're not going to have anything else. It's going to be, you know, clear sailing, which uh, I believe that's what actually happened in, in uh, your situation. You know, and I mean, you're in the building now and it's beautiful and God has blessed you guys and uh, the church is growing. And uh, it's wonderful to see what God's doing there in high praise, central Minnesota. But, you know, you know, which takes me to just to a, a point that I thought I would make. I think sometimes whenever you talk about, you know, first Corinthians chapter 14, verse three, he who prophesies, he speaks to edification, exhortation and comfort. Now, why did we say that? Well, first and foremost is because that's what the apostle Paul said. It's in the Bible. If you look, there are there are three specific chapters that we see where the gifts of the Spirit are talked about. We see prophecy mentioned in chapter 12 and 13 and 14. Uh, we don't see a lot mentioned throughout the New Testament on. We see some demonstrations in the book of Acts, but we don't see a lot of teaching on the gifts of the Spirit. So the one place where we see the gifts of the Spirit uh, taught on, we have to realize is this is... This is our handbook, so to speak. This is our guidelines, just like we have guidelines right now going through the coronavirus crisis. There are guidelines. And Paul was by the Holy Spirit. If we believe that holy men of old spoke as they were moved by the Holy Ghost and that Paul was inspired to write these letters, we have to believe that Paul was speaking under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and he is laying out a roadmap for us to follow. And so he says, he who prophesies, speaks to edification, exhortation, and comfort. Later on, he actually says, you know, 
you, whatever you do, you need to seek to edify the church. That's the whole purpose of all the gifts is to build up. It's not to tear down. It's not to destroy people. And, um, but, but the thing is, edification and building up, sometimes some things have to be torn down before you can actually build up, but that's a part of the process. If you look at Jeremiah's commission, uh, you know, whenever God commit, I've, I've called you I, 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 to tear down, to destroy, to overthrow, to uproot, and to build and to plant. Well, the first, you, it wasn't so much that the Lord was trying to say, you're going to go in and destroy people, uproot people, uh, overthrow people, because we always have to realize that flesh and blood, they are not, that's not the problem. We don't wrestle with flesh and blood, we war against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, the world, spiritual wickedness in the heavenly realms. So the prophetic by nature, because it is the word of the Lord, it will automatically begin to destroy the fortresses of the enemy. And so a word may not sound good to us at a moment or time. As a matter of fact, there's times that I've even given a word of rebuke to somebody. I've done it in a polite way. I've done it if, you know, uh, if I felt like it was might be too strong to be given publicly, I'll usually take them to the side, say, I feel like this is what the Lord is saying and you need to correct this or whatever. Uh, those are not very many, but I have before. But the whole purpose for it was so that they could be built up and keep from falling into a ditch and be destroyed. Even within that, it is redemptive in nature. Even within that, it is restorative in nature. That word is not meant to destroy, to dishearten, or to cause the, 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 the person there to be discouraged. It's, in, it's intended to actually lift them up. So um, anyway, uh, that's, but that's the reason we talk about uh, 1 Corinthians 14.3. When we talk about that, we're not saying that every word is going to be fluffy. We're not saying that every word is going to just sound good to you. We're not saying that every word is going to be lollipops and snickers because it's not. Uh, as a matter of fact, when you read Revelation, that's really, you know, the, those are words, those are prophetic articulations that are being made to the seven churches um, uh, there in Revelation. Well, all of them have some, some measure or level of rebuke within them, but there's always, if you notice at the end, the end of the word is he who overcomes, this is going to be the blessing. So even that is, it's, although you can have a rebuke, but it still be redemptive in nature. And that's what we've been trying to, you know, I've, this is not something new. I didn't just start saying this yesterday. This is something that we've been saying for a long time. Uh, the entire time that I have been flowing and ministering in the prophetic, which actually started uh, before Joshua, Pastor Joshua was born. Uh, I'm going to have him share something here in just a moment. But uh, my wife and I, we have been, we've been married for, June will be 39 years. And I started actually flowing in the gifts of the spirit before we were even married. Um, now, not to the degree that I flow in them now, but I was already flowing in word of knowledge, prophecy, uh, different things before we even got married. Uh, again, I, don't, I didn't know at that time. I was, I was young, didn't know at that time uh, what I know now. But uh, so, I mean, for 40 years, I've been flowing and ministering the gifts of the Spirit. Of course, you learn things over, over the course of time. And I've had the opportunity of being with some very, very powerful men of God and uh, to impart into my life that have made a great in, impact. And I've watched them. I've listened to them. I've flown on airplanes with them around the world. I've, I've allowed them to speak into my life to hear things about the prophetic 
and to hear the wisdom that comes from following those who through faith and patience have inherited the promises. And so as a result of that, uh, gotten a lot of insight. So uh, anyway, back to what I was primarily saying though, is that we have no, I think some people may misunderstand when you talk about edification, exhortation and comfort, and then they run with that and say, well, you're just saying everything is lollipops and snickers. No, it's not what we're saying at all. What we're saying is that it all is going to point toward edifying. It's all going to point toward exhort, exhortation, encouragement. It's all going to point toward comfort. And there's always going to be a redemptive element about the word of the Lord. There's always going to be a restorative element about the, because that's what God's word does. It waters the earth. It makes it blossom. It makes it begin to bud. In other words, it, it, what was dead all of a sudden begins to spring forth and come to life. Praise the Lord. Pastor Joshua, you want to weigh in on this? Yeah, I think it's it's interesting. Um, once again, talking about redemptive words and that the prophetic has a redemptive into it. First of all, what is the prophetic? We will sometimes, I guess, more in a colloquial sense, uh, call it the word of the Lord. And uh, the word that the Lord is always releasing is one of redemption. It's not one of condemnation and of guilt, but rather it is a word of redemption. It's really interesting. I was actually just doing some reading and studying on this today, and I I was thinking about um, Old Testament prophecy specifically uh, that we see, and uh, one that people like to talk about a lot when we talk about a hard word of judgment or whatever you know uh, uh, type of language you want to put on that, that people often think about is Jonah. And it's really interesting. Of course, we know Jonah, Jonah, we won't even get to the first part of the story. Let's just jump to the end uh, where Jonah goes to Nineveh. Uh, mm-hmm. and he releases a word, 40 days, and this city is going to be uh, overthrown. And uh, the people repent, and obviously uh, it is not overthrown in the way that Jonah expects. As a matter of fact, Jonah gets mad. And I think there's just an interesting thing here. If you actually look up the Hebrew word for overthrown that is used there, or uh, I think in some translations may say destroyed, it actually means to change is what the word actually means. So it wasn't that Jonah's word was incorrect. His word was fulfilled. Nineveh changed. Right. The issue was the application of how he expected it uh, to come about was not what he saw. Jonah did not miss it in the word that was released. He missed it in the way that he attempted to bring his application to what God was saying. So instead of just releasing the word and saying, God, I've done what you've told me to do, he then brought his application, and that's where Jonah misses it. It's not in hearing from God. It's in then putting his application of what God is saying on top right. of, uh, uh, of the word and his expectation, and then he's mad because his expectation isn't met. And I, I would just say in the prophetic, we have to be so careful of a couple things. One, uh, that we release what God is telling us, not what we think. <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. And then not mixing the two where we feel like we get a word and we release the word, but then intermixed. And in that is uh, Casey and I have been talking about this a little bit, our stream of consciousness of things that we believe and think, and then apply those and mix them in with the word of the Lord. Uh, and we have to understand that God's word is redemptive. If there is not a redemptive end to the word, it is probably not a word from God. Because God's, or at least let me put it this way, if there's not a redemptive edge to it, then 
it is not the fullness of what God is speaking at the very least. Um, it has to point to redemption at the end. If there's not a redemptive end, uh, obviously, and even, even in Old Testament prophecies, I mean, uh, we have so many messianic prophecies in the Old Testament. What are those all pointing to? Redemption. That's the entire point of what uh, the prophetic is pointing to in the Old Testament. It's calling uh, it's calling uh, God's people back to covenant, and it's pointing towards a Redeemer that is to come. That is the point of prophecy, really, in the Old Testament. And then I think in the New Testament, we're still doing that, in that we're calling the bride back to a place of covenant uh, until Christ returns. And right. it, it's imperative that we point towards redemption, we point towards hope. Once again, that doesn't mean that every word is going to be, you're going to be a millionaire. That's not what anyone is saying. Uh, but what we are saying is there's redemption in every word that is given. Uh, and I know Pastor Chris gave a, an example earlier about a, a word that was uh, didn't feel good but ended up being redemptive. And honestly, we've all probably had words like that that in the moment didn't feel good or that in the moment we didn't even fully understand but put us through situations that didn't feel good. I've given the story before when when Miranda was pregnant with our first child, we got a word that said when this baby from a seasoned uh, prophet that I would trust any prophetic word that they give just based on their track record in history. And the word that came over our lives was, I see when this baby comes, your faith is going to go to a new level. And we went, praise God, that's a great word that feels good. What we didn't know is our faith was going to have to go to a new level because of new trials that we were going to have to go through. But, so there's a word that felt good in a moment. Uh, our faith is going to go to a new level. It's like we were going to, she was going to give birth and it was going to be a magic one-up of faith. And that's not what happened. Faith increased because we had to face some battles that we had never faced before. But when we were going through those battles, I was able to go back to that word. And I was able to go, we have a word that when Josiah is born, our faith is going to go to a new level because we are going to come through the other side victorious and it's going to cause our faith to arise. It was forearming me, like you talked about earlier, for something like Casey was talking about, that I didn't, a situation we didn't know we were going to need ammunition to get through. We thought, hey, six, you know, six, seven weeks from now, Miranda's going to have Josiah, everything's going to be good, and, and everything's going to be great. What we didn't know was we were going to face all these complications and issues, and doctors and nurses who were doing the best that they could do but were giving us, uh, at differing times, negative reports. Uh, and we then had to go back to standing and warring a warfare with the prophecy that we had. But that prophecy was redemptive in nature. We have to understand it is exhortation, edification, comfort, redemption. Uh, and that is the end goal of the prophetic ministry. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to, uh, if I can, chime into something that Josh said. It, it sparked a thought um, to me. A lot of times the issue, as he said, was is not with what we what we hear but it's what we read into what we hear for example you know i I guess probably the most blaringly obvious version of this would be when peter jesus asked whom do men say that i am Mm -hmm. and you're elijah you're jeremiah you're one of the prophets all of those prophets are are troublesome figures in the old testament which shows you what they thought of jesus and Peter says, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. So his revelation was correct. Mm-hmm. Um, even his confession was correct. His declaration, his utterance was correct. Mm-hmm. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. You are the Messiah. 
in Peter's mind, that means overthrow. Right. In Jesus' mind, that means crucifixion. So much so that when Jesus goes to Jerusalem, he tells Peter, I'm going to go and die. And Peter says, you're not going to go. Right. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. Right. For the things that you say, the things that be of God, that be of men and not of God. So what Peter heard was correct, mm-hmm. but his interpretation of it was satanic. Mm-hmm. And we have to, and when, when you see, you know, this might be too extreme of a view and, you, and I'm more than willing to be corrected on this, but whenever a prophetic word is laced by agenda, it ceases to be prophetic. When you, when you see people that have obvious personal convictions leaning one way or another that they've internalized and then they externalize those into some type of flow mm-hmm. for whatever reason, the church buys in and says that's prophetic. Right. But when we cannot separate your own personal feelings mm-hmm. from thus saith the Lord, right. that becomes almost impossible to discern. Right. You're exactly right. It, it takes a man or a woman of maturity to be able to do that. And, uh, you to be able to separate your personal uh, feelings on a matter, personal opinions on a matter. And I would say at best, it is at least tainted. It is, a you know, because you get you can have a correct word, but and but then mix in soulish uh, interpretation within that word. Uh, at, at the root of the word, it might be right on. However, the once you miss you start. Uh, lacing in your own opinions, uh, right. then it becomes tainted and it becomes, uh, it's no longer pure and will actually communicate something totally different than the very heart of God. And that's something that's, uh, again, it takes maturity for somebody to be able to do that. And I think right. that's a lot of times what happens when people miss it, they just totally miss it. It's because somewhere along the line they have laced in interwoven their own personal opinion. Uh, one of the things that we were always uh, taught, you know, you, you don't prophesy your doctrine, you know, yeah. and I know that's a difficult thing to do because you would think, well, that's just, that's, you know, that's at the, the very foundation of what I believe, but it's very important to have a pure flow that we allow the Holy spirit to speak for. It, and we're not just, we're not just quoting something that we read last week. And that's, I've seen that happen more than one time. You could tell what somebody was reading the present book that they were reading by what they were prophesying. Sure. They were just prophesying. They got, they felt like they received a new revelation. The Holy spirit spoke it to me. And now it's time for me to let it out and put the saith the Lord on it to validate it. And, and, and unfortunately right now, uh, my concern is there are people, this is what going back to what you were saying, Casey, there are people that are reading the latest headlines or reading the latest, latest theory of what's going on, and they're trying to superimpose, thus saith the Lord, on top of it. And uh, I just said something, you know, the other day, I posted something, you know, we cannot take, there's, it, is, it is incorrect, it's not wise to observe the cultural trends and then put thus saith the Lord on it. Well, the culture is going this way. So God must be doing this. You know, this must be the hand of God moving. The, listen, I think if we look honestly, historically, the culture doesn't necessarily move in the right direction. 
Uh, I think during Jesus' day, the culture was crying out, crucify him. Uh, I, I think our culture is doing a lot of things right now that are just way, you know, they're, they're wrong, that are sinful. Uh, so I don't, the, the church should not take its marching orders from what the culture is doing and saying that's what God is saying. And that's what that's I see true. people doing today. They're taking what they see. And again, they'll read something on the internet. They'll read something on Facebook and then try to superimpose that. That must be the will of God. And thus saith the Lord on top of that. And to me, that is danger zone. I, I'm not trying to, uh, I'm not condemning anybody or throwing anybody under the bus, but I think it's something that all of us need to be aware of. And we need to make sure that we don't uh, endeavor uh, in those kind of things. We don't need to go down that kind of road because I, I feel like there's great danger uh, uh, going down that road. So, so yeah. here, here is, here is a, a word right now that there's danger going down that road. And that's not a rosy word. That's not a lollipop and Snickers word. But I believe it is the word of the Lord. And I believe it's something the Holy Spirit is saying that yeah. we need to be careful because there's danger whenever we begin to try to interpret the word through the lens of cultural trends. We cannot do that properly. We'll always right. come out with something that's incorrect and that's distorted. Christian, oh, that's you right. or, well, yeah, that's yeah, right. Actually, I, there's something that, that came to mind when, when you and Pastor Casey were saying that. I'm reminded of when we were first trained in the prophetic. Uh, my wife and I were trained at the uh, High Praise Panama City by uh, uh, Pastor Eva and Paul McGoey. So uh, love them and appreciate them. And uh, uh, they, they trained us. And one of the things that we learned, now this is for, for uh, a ministry team, prophetic, but, you know, this was really, for me, my first real deep dive in, into the prophetic and stepping out and doing it. And one of, the, one of the elements of that training was when somebody comes up for a prophetic word, don't let them give you a dialogue. Uh, don't let them tell you the backstory. You just, uh, you know, you, if they if, uh, if they want a prophetic word, you just stop them. And you, we want a clean, uh, clear flow fr from the Lord when it comes to that. And that's something that I've translated into our ministry. Um, even to this day, you know, people come up and, uh, and if I know their story really well, I will try to put together a team that doesn't know their story so that they can just prophesy uh, just, just so that I'm not um, being influenced in any way, shape or form by what I already know or what I, what I think should be done. Now, uh, when you're, when you're put in our, in my position as a, as a senior pastor, then, then clearly there's times where you have to step out and do that anyway. And, and, and you do. Uh, but you know, I, what I've, I believe I've seen in culture in a lot these days is what we've done is we've, we've taken word that that principle that we apply on the one-on-one -on -one prophetic or the prophetic team. And uh, we've kind of thrown it away when it comes to more regional or global or you know, national sort of words. And we've allowed ourselves to, as you said, be influenced by books, be influenced by the media, be influenced by, by what we're seeing, what we're reading, or more importantly, be influenced by what we want to be true. And, uh, you know, I think it would be a value as much as is possible. We can't keep, you know, bury our heads in the sand, but to, to try to, to go back to that idea that I, I want my prophetic word to be something that is uh, not influenced by anything but God. And, uh, and, and that's... Um, and I, I think that that's a big issue that we're seeing right now. Yeah, I think that uh, probably with the coronavirus, everything going on, um, a lot of things have been stirred up. There's a, you know, I, I uh, talked a few weeks ago about how it just, I think the prophetic waters are muddied right now because everyone's just so stirred up. And, 
you know, if everybody has a word, then in a lot of ways, nobody's got a word, uh, if you know what I mean. And, and uh, we need to sometimes just kind of sit back, stay in our lane, listen to what God is saying, and, and, not, uh, and not be so excited to be the next person to give some sort of national global word about what's going to happen. Um, but you know, I think that, um, you know, there's a, a big piece of that. It probably stems from the idea that we all want to be on the winning team, right? Um, it, you know, uh, for instance, uh, you know, you, you and, uh, pastor Joshua won't like this, but I know Casey will like this. I could give a prophetic word that would say that Alabama, that the, the tide are going to be in the, in the, uh, national championship. Right. And, uh, cause the Knowles aren't there yet. Let's be honest. And, uh, <laughs> but they're coming, they're coming. <laughs> and, and I could say that word and I've got a really good uh, chance of being, you know, accurate on that word. Uh, but there's a, there's a high chance that, uh, if I'm pastor Casey, that, that I might have a little bias and influence in there, but I want to be on the winning team. Right. And of course we all know as prophetic people that, uh, that Jesus won the ultimate victory, that God, our God is a God of victory. So if we attach, thus saith the Lord to the situation that we want to be victorious in, then we are actually saying I'm automatically victorious in this. My side will automatically win in this and of course the probably the biggest area we see this is in in politics right now everybody wants to be on the winning team uh nobody likes voting for the loser um and so if we can add thus saith the lord to our politics uh even though you know even though what we're saying is 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 a good of bet is alabama being in the national championship there's a good chance of it that doesn't make it prophetic and and we need to kind of get back to the basics i think yeah, well, I know in our last election, the presidential election, I heard of at least four different people that were prophesied that they were going to be the next president or win the election. And uh, only one out of those four. Actually, Every cycle. You know, Every cycle. Yeah. And so obviously three people missed it. And uh, at least. And and these are the kind of things that go on. And, and, and what I'm really concerned about more than anything else right now is that that in some way or another, we're missing the role of the church. What we're actually supposed to be doing, we're getting distracted. And, you know, I just had something, I have to tell you about this. I just had something yesterday and it showed up on Facebook and, and, and I was, it was a video. And basically in this video, they were because a particular, particular doctor had not been seen in a, in a, in three or four days that he had been arrested by the FBI and, uh, and da, 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 da. When, boy, were they really disappointed whenever he showed up on the platform at the presidential briefing yesterday. So we've got to get over this. You know, this is like, you know, this is just not, this is not the role of the prophetic in the church. This is Preach, not, pastor. Was not what God created it for. And uh, that's, who's going to have the next juicy little item to give? It's interesting how these juicy little items are always uh, after uh, an, another article has come out stating what the article states, what you're now prophesying, So, which came out a week ago, by the way. So, and, you know, and there's, there's, you know, there's 12 or 15 of them out there right now. I'm just, I know, I'm not trying to be mean or harsh. As a matter of fact, I'm trying to do it with a little bit of levity here. But it's just to show you that if we're not careful, we can get distracted from what we're really supposed to be doing. 
And I'm not trying to discount anything that God might reveal to somebody, not saying that God's not revealing anything, but it's just amazing how it changes. I mean, we had people prophesying down in Orlando, not in, not in the Orlando church, not, not high praise Orlando, but down in Orlando that this thing, the coronavirus was going to be finished. What was it was about March, I think, or somewhere in February or March, it was, it was supposed to be done. Uh, we had people saying it was nothing but a hoax and people putting thus saith the Lord on it. And then we had people saying, well, it was going to only last up until Passover and it was all going to be gone. You know, and I think Passover's finished and uh, we're still dealing with it. And there's still, you know, I, and again, I'm not trying to diminish anybody's work. Uh, please understand. I'm just saying, I think that if we're not careful, we can start prophesying what we want to be happening rather than what God's actually saying or what we've read in the last headline or the last conspiracy theory. And so here, once again, what we're doing is we're taking culture. It's happening, the trends of the culture and what we're hearing from this report and this report. And then all of a sudden we got a word from the Lord and prophesying and that it's not, it does nothing but bring confusion into the body of Christ. Uh, It's not really ministering, any kind of life. It's not doing anything that's really fruitful. And that's where we have to, and, and unfortunately, if we'll be really honest, believers sometimes are the most gullible in believing anything that comes down the pipe. You know, well, I heard so-and-so say this, and I saw this, and I read this article, and uh, I, I've tried to post this numerous times because there's the reality is there's more people on the internet and on social media right now than what there are normally. So they have time because many people are at home, they can read all the articles and many people are getting distracted by those things. And you know what? We, we really need to spend more time in prayer, you know, and uh, let's war against this thing in the spirit uh, and, and see breakthrough uh, rather than just, uh, we got somebody else standing up prophesying something different than what the last person, well, hold it. It didn't happen then. What's the next major thing that's going to happen? Oh, Pentecost. Oh, we'll, you know, we're going we're gonna to kick the can down the road and come Pentecost. If it doesn't happen, I, I don't know, maybe <laughs> we'll, we'll, just by July the 4th and you know, it's independence day, praise God, you know, and use that as some type of prophetic day. And I, I know I'm poking a little bit of fun at it right now, but, but I think we have to really, let's stop. You know, we don't need to be the ones uh, like the story of the emperor with no clothes. And let's, let's give some honest evaluation to this. That's what we're commanded to do. That's what Paul actually said to do, that the pro, all prophecy is supposed to be judged, evaluated. It has to be. And not by just your two, two underlings that are underneath you coming up that are always going to, you know, blow smoke your direction. Uh, but actually honestly evaluated to whether or not this is correct or this is right. I, I think it's important that we differentiate between sociology and the prophetic. Sociology being the observance of human behaviors, patterns, and trends. And there are a lot of things based on human uh, behaviors and patterns that we can arrive at some hypothesis and conclusions of uh, because of the way people behave and because of situations, this is likely to happen. Uh, that's not prophetic. That's sociological analysis. 
Um, as a matter of fact, the prophetic oftentimes flies in the face of what sociology would be. Right. In other words, uh, God steps out in the middle of darkness and says, let there be light. It was going completely opposite of what was presenting itself. Uh, or Ezekiel in the Valley of Dry Bones. Ezekiel steps into a valley that's full of bones, and what's he do? He prophesies a life. It, it, it flies in the face of the, uh, the uh, trajectory of what is happening, and the prophetic generally goes opposite of what's happening in culture, not uh, in the vein of what is happening in culture. Now, the balance to that is just because you prophesy something different than what's going on in culture doesn't make it prophetic. Uh, However, I think oftentimes what we, uh, if we're not careful, we could, we can do. In other words, let me back up. Let me say it this way. There are a lot of things going on in our, in our society right now related to COVID um, that I was having conversations. I had them with, with Pastor Casey. I had them with other friends of mine and said, you know, if, if things continue six weeks, eight weeks from now, this is what we could be looking at in our society. Those weren't prophetic words. Those were just cultural observations based on understanding the behaviors of people and economic situations. Uh, there was, there's no need to attach thus saith the Lord to it. As a matter of fact, thus saith the Lord shouldn't be attached to it because it's not what God was saying. It's a cultural observation. So once again, this goes back to, we have to make sure we're prophesying the word, not just having stream of consciousness or observations of things that are going on and then attaching God Onto it, and then the other thing we do, which I think I think you already mentioned it, Dad, is we watch our favorite news or read our favorite news or whatever, and then two days later come and prophesy what the news was saying. That's not prophetic in no. any shape, form, or fashion. That's not the purpose of the prophetic to confirm the news media. And unfortunately, right. sometimes you have people that uh, you know don't read the news, and then they haven't heard this before, and then someone comes out with a word. And everybody jumps on it, and it's like, well, I mean, that word was that word was circulating around two days ago on the news, uh, and it's not the role of the prophetic to just come into agreement to be an echo of the headlines or whatever. Now, the Lord's legitimately echoing something that's great, but if if we think that's the primary function and role, because once again, not that the not that the prophetic doesn't foretell, because it can but that is not the primary role of the prophetic to foretell events. The primary role of prophetic uh, and prophetic ministry, which is the gift of prophecy primarily is exhortation, edification, comfort. Uh, It's to forearm uh, and it's to forth tell into destiny and purpose. And we have to get back to some of these things and quit treating it like it's a crystal ball, which by the way, a lot of times people don't come out with what the Lord told them until something's I already happened to go oh yeah by the way god told me about that <laughs> wonderful exactly yeah isn't that interesting you want to say something casey i was just amen and josh that's that's uh that that's most definitely the case and and we talked about this on the podcast uh pastor and maybe it's worth revisiting when i think of the term prophetic accuracy I don't I think if we just minimize that to mean your prediction came true that we have a very infantile version of prophetic ministry. Mm-hmm. I think prophetic accuracy doesn't just mean what you said came to pass, but it means you accurately 
represented who God is. That's good. That your word accurately expressed mm-hmm. the nature and the ways of God. You know, we, we were talking earlier about prophecy and, and those dimensions of rebuke and prophecy. Nobody is, nobody's contending that, that prophecy doesn't have a dimension of rebuke. What I'm contending for is that it's not rebuke for rebuke's sake. Right. It is a rebuke. It is a chastisement mm-hmm. that restores, that it brings correction, not condemnation. And some of the things that I'm seeing as prophetic words are number one, throwing political leaders, um, casting them into a downright demonic light because they have already violated your internalized personal convictions that you also call prophecy and words from God. And then you just leave it there. These people are just evil and they're just demonic. Somebody sent me and Pastor Josh some text the other day. Uh, a, a prophetic leader had posted some things about Bill Gates and the followers of this, this pastor was calling for violence against Bill Gates. That is, that is, that's mm. unchristian at best and evil right. at, at, at worst. And well, so that, it's not rebuke for rebuke. So, just a moment. I mean, yeah. of course, I don't know who that was, but the, I mean, that's, what Jesus said, whenever the whenever the disciples said, "Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven on these, you know, <laughs> that uh, have not received you?" And you know, Jesus rebuked them very quickly. You know, that's not we're, we're not we are not embracing you know physical violence against people because they don't agree with us uh, or do something. I'm sorry. But go ahead. Well, even even that text about them asking, do you want us to call down fire from heaven? The reason they said that in that text is because they felt they had precedence from Elijah. Mm -hmm. But if you read the Mount Carmel story, Mount Carmel didn't work. Mm -hmm. It didn't win the nation. It didn't defeat Jezebel. The essence of the spirit of Elijah is reconciliation, Mm -hmm. not confronting Jezebel. Mm -hmm. And so when, when we divorce our prophetic words, from the nature of God. And somebody even said this, me and Josh saw this on a, on a, a text somebody sent us. There was another pastor that said, you have to be careful about using the nature of God argument when you're formulating your theology, because basically he's saying, um, you got to be able to just say whatever you feel like you're supposed to say. And if it doesn't line up with how you think God should be, well, then you just can't let that be a tether to what you're saying, which is perhaps the most bizarre way of looking at the Bible that I've ever seen. Jesus is perfect theology, and everything we say and do has to be read through the person of who he is. The very same person that sat down with the sinful, the wicked, the, the prostitute, the whoremonger, the tax collector, that is expressing the nature and the ways of God. Well, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. We can't get away from that at the end of the day. That at the end of the day, our, if, if our prophetic culture doesn't line up with the person of Jesus, then we have to change our culture to align to his image. We don't change his image to conform to us. We change our image to conform to him. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I have as a part of the guidelines for 
judging prophetic ministry, you know, or in other words, not only just judging it, evaluating it, but in flowing, you have to keep this in mind is the way it stays in. It, it aligns itself with the very nature and heart of God. It must do that because prophecy, if it's going to be the articulation of the will of God, then it's going to be in agreement with the nature of God because you cannot separate God's nature and God's will. You know, they are not two different things. God's not schizophrenic. He's not, you know, one day wakes up on the, you know, this side of the bed and he's, you know, I love you, I love you. And tomorrow he wakes up and, you know, uh, zap, you're gone. Uh, And the other thing is this, it has to be in keeping with the Great Commission. Because Jesus, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Gospel, we know, means good news. Go into all the world and preach the good news. What's the good news? That you can be saved, you can be healed, you can be restored, you can be delivered, you can be set free. You don't have to live in bondage anymore. That's the good news. You can get back what the devil stole. God will, 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 will put things back together because of what Jesus accomplished through his death, burial, and resurrection. There's now freedom and there's life for everybody, for the entire world, for, for all the people that even believers talk negatively about Jesus died for them. And as far as I know, people need to really keep that in mind, you know, whenever they're talking bad about people is you recognize we're talking bad about somebody that Jesus died for. He gave his life for, he shed his blood for, he loved them just as much as he loved you. And so the great commission says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. So how can we, we cannot separate the prophetic ministry from preaching the gospel. You know, if preaching the gospel is preaching the good news, then prophecy, there must be an element of the good news that's actually embodied within it if it's going to be congruent with the great commission that Jesus gave to us. He didn't say, go preach the gospel, but go and condemn other people at the same time. That's, you know, as a matter of fact, Jesus said something the exact opposite of that. And, uh, and so we have, to, we have to realize that these things are very important. That, uh, and that's the reason I believe also why First Corinthians 13, 13 is right in between chapter 12 and 14. Love should be the motivation of all prophetic ministry. If you hate and despise somebody, sit down. Don't prophesy. As a matter of fact, don't, particularly don't prophesy anything concerning that individual because you'll end up missing it because until you can love that individual, you can't prophesy to them. Until you can love that individual, you really can't even prophesy about that individual. Well, if you hate and despise them, get saved. And then we'll talk about prophesying. Yeah, right. You know, and uh, and unfortunately, um, I mean, some of the stuff I've read about individuals, now whether I whether I like what they're doing or not, that's not the point. That's that is that's irrelevant. I'm still commanded to love them. I'm still commanded to pray for them. You know, whether I agree with authorities, I'm still commanded to pray for them and I'm still commanded to obey uh, those authorities. So, you know, we, there's just a, a lot of things that are, are going on right now. And, and, of course, people that gravitate towards sensationalism, they'll gravitate toward that. And, uh, and I would encourage any person that's watching this right now, uh, I found that people that gravitate toward the sensational, they end up missing the supernatural. 
And I, I don't want to miss the supernatural because I'm enthralled with something that's sensational over here. I want to keep my eyes on Jesus. I want to keep going toward and pressing toward the mark uh, of the prize of the high calling, which is in him. And I want the things that I'm declaring and speaking and saying, let it be that which edifies, builds up, comforts the body of Christ. Because why? That's what the Bible says it's supposed to do. That's what Paul said in the guidebook for flowing in the gifts of the spirit. Uh, well, there's so much more that we could share today. Chris, do you have anything you want to add? Sure. Uh, first of all, I just want to say a big amen to all of that, especially what Casey said about um, prophetic accuracy. That's um, a great way of putting it. Um, I, I just, uh, maybe I want to tack on a little bit to, to all of it, but especially what Pastor Joshua was saying about the sociology. You know, I'm, I was reminded of, of Romans 4.17, which paraphrase basically says that uh, God gives life to the dead. So there's the prophetic right there, right? Ezekiel 37, he gives life to the dead and he calls those things that are not as yes. though they are. Right. It doesn't say that he calls those things that are as though they are. Right. Um, you know, e even if they are sensational, even if we are excited about it, even if we agree about it, even if we want to be on that winning team, he doesn't call the things that are as though they are. Because truth be told, why would he do that? If, it's how, if that's how it is, then what's the point of the prophetic if he's just it's calling things that are? No right. revelation in that. There's right. No, it's just, you know, none. Just a, just a pat on the back, uh, go team sort of mentality. And that's just, that's not the prophetic. That's not bringing uh, life to death. And that's not uh, calling things that are not as though they are. Um, and, um, it, you know, it, it reminds me of, I've, I've seen words and, and understand I'm not calling anybody individually out because I've seen this many different places where, where I've seen this type of prophetic word released that, uh, is not bringing edification, exhortation, comfort. It's very much like you said, just kind of calling somebody out um, with no redemptive qualities. Um, it's, it's putting, you know, my politics out there with us, saith the Lord, whatever you want to call it. And when challenged, uh, and I've seen this, um, I might have even done it once or twice myself, but uh, uh, it's uh, challenging it, that is. But um, when challenged, many times it comes back to, well, I'm just, um, I'm just, uh, uh, what is the term they use? I'm, I'm just exposing it. I'm, I'm just exposing what, what's going on. You know, God just called me to ex expose what's going on. I, it, made me th it made me think, you know, it sounds good, right? Um, and, but it made me think about Egypt and Moses. And what good would it have been if, if Moses went to the children of Israel and gave a prophetic word, you know, quote unquote prophetic word, thus saith the Lord, that Pharaoh is up to no good. He does not have your... He does yeah. not have your best interest in mind, guys. Right. And everyone would have been like, duh, we, yeah. we know that, right? That's, that's the sociology part of it. That's, that's the uh, political side of it. Um, and, and, you know, in essence, then he would be saying that uh, if they said, well, why are you giving that word, God? What, what, what's the value of that word? What is it bringing forth? What are you trying to do? And God just kind of going, eh. I don't know. I was just uh, just exposing it so that y'all knew, you know, that's it. Just just exposing Pharaoh, you know, use that as you will. It's not it's not accomplishing anything. It's not calling things that are not as though they are. God's right. word will always, as, as you said, it will water the earth. It will it will bring fruitfulness. It will accomplish something many, many times, most times, not in the way that we expect, but it will always accomplish what it's set forth to do. And, and just c calling out, uh, you know, the. Uh, the Pharaoh agenda 
is not accomplishing anything. Right. You're exactly right. And, you know, there are times that the Lord will give you a word that may expose something that is hidden. But there's always, even within that, something that is redemptive in nature and in quality. You know, I can remember many, many years ago um, that um, I was actually affiliated with a, a music company uh, and uh, is also a ministry at the same time worldwide international ministry and uh we were doing a live recording and uh, when we were doing the live recording there was an individual that was working for their ministry in, in the music department and he just i uh shook his hand and said hello and immediately the lord spoke to me and revealed to me something that was going on within his life and uh of course whenever the lord does that what do you do with it you know where what do you do with it? So what I did is uh, the, the week after the recording, I called the, uh, I guess he would be like the number three man in charge uh, of this international company, uh, international ministry. And I asked, I said, do you know anything about this individual? And they said, uh, yeah, the great guy, da, 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 da. everything's wonderful. We, we, you know, uh, he's wonderful. I said, well, I want to tell you what I felt the Lord speak to me. And as soon as I shook his hand and met him, I felt the Lord speak a certain thing about the individual. And actually what the Lord told me is, is this man is a, a practicing homosexual. And, uh, and so uh, they said, well, uh, and I told them that, and I said, I'm not trying to uh, spread anything. I haven't talked to anybody. I'm talking directly to you. I hope that I'm wrong. I hope I missed it. I hope that that wasn't the Lord, but that's what the Lord, but I felt the Lord sp speak to me. I'm just letting you know, you're a person that's in charge. You have authority in this company. And they said, uh, well, well, we'll keep that in mind. Two weeks later, they're in a leadership meeting and the individual is actually there also. And during this leadership meeting, I found this out later that he dropped something on the floor. It was a daytime room when he dropped it something fell out of the daytimer and it revealed that uh, he was a uh, practicing homosexual. At that point in time, he began to share his heart with uh, all the leaders there. And he said, I've been doing this for years and years and nobody's been able to help me and I won't help. And anyway, they were able to then, um, you know, see to it that he got some deliverance and some help. And I said all that just to say this, it was not my place to uh, put it in the newspaper. It was not my place to go on television and tell everybody, you know, watch out for him. I went to the proper authorities that had authority within his life uh, because I didn't have authority in his life. And, uh, and I didn't, the only people that I knew that had authority was the ones that he was working for. And I really believe that once you begin to, Obviously, when you begin to speak some things uh, to through proper channels, it gives God an opportunity to then bring it to light. The redemptive aspect of it was this. Number one, he got help. God was revealing this so that the man could get help. But number two, he was revealing it so that that company would not run the risk later on of having their name um uh, you know, smeared in some way or uh, would that would have negatively affect their reputation uh, in the Christian community. And so God was protecting them 
by revealing this. I've had this happen in several different situations. Another ministry, the Lord spoke to me about an individual that uh, they were promoting. And I went to the head of the ministry and I, and, and everybody felt great about the guy. And I, so I went to the head of the ministry. I just said, I, I, I got to tell you that whenever you had him speak, I just, there was, I had bells going off. I feel like there's things that are going on. You need to be very, very careful. Um, I'm just, I'm not uh, slandering him, but I'm just telling you what I feel in my heart, my spirit. And uh, I had an op- uh, a, a doorway whereby I could actually go to uh, the lead person of this ministry and, and share that with him. Well, two years later, found out the guy was actually involved in a Ponzi scheme. And uh, he was doing all sorts of things. He eventually went to prison. So what I'm saying is God will give you words concerning things that would hurt others. He will give you words of warning. He'll give you words, but it's always redemptive in nature. It's the same thing that we said, Casey, when we're talking to you, the prophetic word, words of knowledge, words of wisdoms, even a word of exposure. Of course, it needs to be delivered in the correct manner. It's very important. It's delivered to the proper channels. We cannot slander people in the name of the prophetic. We cannot just say, well, the Lord showed me this about this individual. You know, I think sometimes what happens to people we see on television, it's real easy to dehumanize them. If we don't know them personally, we dehumanize them. It's almost like they're not really a human being. Uh, like they don't have feelings, like they don't bleed. Uh, it's like that they are, they're just something, you know, that magically appears in the television set. Uh, and uh, we, we don't realize many times these people have families. They have wives, they have kids. And we, we have to be aware of those things and be good stewards of what God gives us. You know, be a good steward of that. I, I think what to kind of sum all that up, I think here's the thing is you can hear accurately, but you can still be wrong in your delivery. Right. In other words, you went through the right channels and the right avenues in order to uh, essentially deliver the word and what God had spoken to you. What would have been the wrong avenue would have been to go to 20 people, 30 people, 50 people, hundred people and tell them, Hey, I, I just, the Lord told me this about so-and-so. Mm-hmm. And, uh, even if it's from the Lord at that point, you're not really delivering a word. You're gossiping. Right. Uh, even if it's accurate, even if it's accurate, gossip doesn't have to be false to be gossip. Right. Uh, and uh, then also, of course, in our modern age, what we do is we release it over, you know, social media or a podcast or whatever uh, as a word of the Lord. But we're really we're not effectively changing anything. We're only stirring suspicion and slander and gossip towards people. And we have to be careful that even if a word is accurate, that we don't, uh, you can be right and be wrong. We'll just put it that way. You can be right on your accuracy and be wrong in your delivery. And it's still the incorrect application of the prophetic. Right. I, I, I think a, a great example, you know, biblically, when you look, Balaam never prophesies an inaccurate word, ever. All of his words are always uh, accurate from the sense that he what he prophesies is truth. Yet, he's called a false prophet uh, 
in the New Testament specifically, he's called a he's called a false prophet because the motivation of his heart from what he was prophesying was wrong. It Absolutely. was not the the validity or accuracy of his word that made him a false prophet. It was the motivation of his heart. And I think that goes back to Chris has touched on it. Casey's touched on it. it accuracy is not in my say accuracy. Once again, the definition I'm using there uh, is, is what you're saying is true. I think Casey's definition of accuracy is a much better uh, right. definition for prophetic, but from a very natural perspective, I'm going to use the word accuracy. Just simply what I said is true is not the barometer for what makes a true prophetic word. It is the heart motivation. Right. And being in tune with the, with the Lord and releasing his heart that is the real motivator of accuracy. Right, man. And I think it's even, even the delivery has to be done to communicate the heart of God, uh, the character of God. So not just the word only, but even then the, 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 in the way that we deliver it, it's important that it communicates the heart of God. And, um, and again, I, we, we, we've seen a lot of that that's, that's went on. And by the way, this is not anything new. Uh, this has been going on for years. Uh, and I just I believe the Lord is calling the church at large to a a higher level. We we should do better than this. We you know we and we can do better than this. And um, it's just I believe that the Lord wants us to check ourselves and uh, and allow Him to bring any type of adjustment. And of course, we are in no way trying to personally rebuke anyone and uh, not trying to condemn anyone or come against anyone. We're just saying this is the truth of the way the prophetic should be ministered. Really, we're getting back to the purpose of the prophetic. What is the purpose of the prophetic ministry in the church? The purpose ultimately is edify, exhort, comfort. Why? Because that's what the Bible says. That's clearly stated. Whenever it was, whenever it is a hard word, it's still to edify, exhort, and comfort. When it's a revealing word or an exposing word, it's still to edify, exhort, and comfort. If it's a rebuking word, it's still edify, exhort, and comfort. You know, although I would say the majority of the words that that you know, I, I can remember when I first came into the prophetic, I was a little bit uh, timid, and there's always these concerns when people come into the into the prophetic is some prophet going to expose every sin I've ever committed. You know, people are afraid that, you know, if I get up, if I go up and get ministry, they're going to see everything and, you know, everything I did five months ago and it's going to be, you know, I'm going to be blasted for that. And uh, what we have to realize is that God is not trying to reveal sin. You know, uh, as a matter of fact, most people know what's going on in their life without God revealing it. And, uh, and so, as a matter of fact, Jesus came to take away sin. Jesus came to cover, remove, and take it away. And, uh, and so God's not attempting to uh, reveal anything. If something is revealed, it's because he has a purpose that is restorative in nature and he wants to bring deliverance and wholeness to somebody. It's not for the exposure itself. And that's one of the things that we have to, well, God gave me a word to expose this. Fine. Well, where's the element of redemption for the individual that you're exposing? 
because there's always, if there's not a threat of redemption, then we, we have every right to question whether or not God's actually saying and doing it uh, because God, he is a redeemer. He's a restorer and he wants to do that within people's lives. Anybody have anything they want to add? I'd, I'd like to just uh, tack one thing on if that's all right. Uh, beat you, Casey. Um, <laughs> uh, just, just to tack on what, what, with what you and Pastor Joshua were just saying, some of the most powerful prophetic words that I've ever got or, or more, most effective words I've ever got, maybe it's better to call them um, prophetic insights, are ones that I have never released. Um, I've never actually uh, gone in front of uh, a person or a group, or anybody at all, and said, thus saith the Lord. In fact, I have a lot of people when I train people in the prophetic ask about this as, as they, they see things in the prophetic and, and there's this, this, this need, this desire to just start calling stuff out. And I always encourage them, you know, it's better to, to miss it in, in, uh, in not saying it than miss it in saying it. Um, but then, then, of course, the question is always, well, then how, how is, what am I supposed to do with the word? And how, how is, can it be the most powerful words I've ever got? And it's, it's very much what uh, you said, Pastor Robert. It, uh, I, what I found in those situations is it reveals something to me that allows me to be prepared for the time, for the moment when that person comes to me when, when, when that situation arises, when something blows up and I, I'm, I'm, I'm able to nudge them in the right direction by encouraging them in the right direction. I'm able to actually help them pastor them more effectively because of what God revealed prophetically, even though I, I know if I re reveal this right now, it's going to, uh, it's going to cause them to actually uh, run away from God, not towards him. And that's not God's goal. Uh, but it helps me draw them closer to to them, and then perhaps in the future I can I can uh, tell them you know uh, after they've overcome that sin that situation whatever it is I can kind of tell them how God was guiding me, and then that can bring edification, exhortation, and comfort at that point. But it's a powerful prophetic tool sometimes to not say what God is revealing to you. Right, right, Casey. Yeah, I'm just. So much great stuff being said. Uh, I, I love what Josh said about even if your word is true, your delivery, as, as crazy as it is to even have to say this, your delivery still needs to be, you know, Christian. Right. <laughs> it, it needs to be Christian. Um, and part of what I've seen, even with the exposing word, like, like the experiences that you just shared with you personally, about the person that was in a homosexual, uh, practicing homosexual, makes me wonder how many times before God showed you that, mm -hmm. had he personally spoken to and dealt with that person in his own way, trying to get them delivered and set free and purified, and even exposing it to showing you that so you could mention it was an act of mercy, right? right. Right. But I see a lot of these expose. I've even seen the exposure words like Pastor Chris said, it's not redemptive. It's more along these lines. God is showing us this. So we know, and this has been said, who to pray against, which is a whole nother problem by itself. Right. But God is showing me that this person is this again, somebody on TV that we do not know that we forget that when you post this foolishness on Facebook, they have kids, they have a wife, they have a family that's seeing Christian leaders say this about their mother or father or grandmother or grandfather, but we don't care. 
because really what we do, what we have a tendency to do is we like to feed our base. And this is what our militant base likes. We want to throw the red meat to them and let them devour this. It means followers. It means book sales. It means packed out events. And that is completely and utterly ungodly. Yeah. Well, I agree. And that's not, again, what's, what's happening is people are losing sight of the purpose of the prophetic. And that's the reason I, I wanted to have this, uh, this Zoom call, powwow, uh, from, from pastors. I think God places something very uh, special within pastors. I'm not saying that because I am one, because I really I, didn't, I never wanted to be one. And I function more apostolically and prophetically, but you, you know, at the same time, if you're going to have a congregation like what we have, you have, there's got to be pastoral aspects of your heart have to be developed. And uh, sometimes we'll cut, we'll do a little thing on the fivefold ministry. You know, I've heard people say you can only be one, and I, I tend to disagree. Uh, I don't think, I don't think God is limited in what He can do. I know there's some things that I'm just not. But uh, but I would say pastorally, you, there's a love that God releases in your heart towards sheep. And you recognize sheep are flawed. All sheep are flawed, period. You know, I mean, shepherds are flawed, too, because they are sheep in God's, God's pasture. But there is something that God develops within you, a, a patience and a tolerance for people in their developmental stages. and um, and. Uh, you know, people aren't just disposable commodities. They're living beings that God loves so much that he sent Jesus to die for. And, um, you know, if you really start thinking about this, any person that you may think is bad right now, and I'm not saying they're not bad, but I'm just saying any person that we might think is a bad person, maybe has evil intents, Jesus still died for them. And Jesus still loves them. And uh, it, just to be honest with you, I think about back in, you know, in the early church, I don't know if anybody was probably any worse than Saul before he became Paul. He's a man who was persecuting the church, who killed Christians, hated Christians, was worse than probably anybody we have in Washington, D.C. right now. But God met him on the road to Damascus, and he turned Saul into Paul, who became really the, you know, obviously the, what we have now in his letters of the Paul, in, of his revelation that he received, that is the foundation now of Christianity. So what we have to realize is that uh, the people that we may think that are really bad and evil, and I'm not saying that they're not, but I'm just letting you know, that there's still hope and God can reach down. Uh, I said this to our church one time. I said, we need to pray for our president. We need to pray for all of our leaders and you need to even pray more for the ones that you don't like. They said the ones that you think that are really that evil, they probably need more prayer. If you, if you just really think about it and analyze who needs the most prayer here, it's, you know, obviously we all need prayer. So don't misunderstand me, but I'm just saying, the ones who are evil and trying to, to thwart what God desires to do in the earth, those are the ones that we need to pray for, that God would intervene in their lives even more so 
than the other ones. But what we tend to do is, well, I'm going to pray for the ones that I like who I feel like are upholding my values. And I'm going to curse the ones that aren't upholding my values. I mean, I've done it. I'll be, you know, hold up both hands and say, yeah, I've, I've done that before. And we probably all have. Uh, but I just think that the Lord is challenging us, you know, uh, to begin to take upon his heart uh, that he has for our nation. And uh, so I'm just throwing that out. Uh, f- food for thought uh, is that, you know, uh, prophecy is always going to be motivated out of love. Prophetic is intended to breathe life into where there was death. It's intended to cause blossoming and a bearing of fruit where there was nothing uh, and present. So um, when we stay with the purpose of the prophetic, that's whenever we see life, that's whenever we'll see uh, God's will and purpose manifested. Praise the Lord. Anybody have anything left they want to say? Everybody good? All hearts clear? Praise the Lord. Thank you so much uh, for just being here today. I know we went a little bit long, but thank you, Pastor Casey. Again, if you're in the Knoxville area, please go visit Hope Unlimited Church, Powerful Church. By the way, his wife, Lindsay, has a powerful book out. You need to get her books. Wonderful, wonderful book. And um, do you have a book out, Casey? Yes, I thought you did. Make sure you get it. Just released. Okay, what's the title of it? Bold as a lion. It's on Amazon. Bold as a lion. I like it. So make sure you get uh, that book. Please sign me a copy. Send it to me and send me a bill. I'll pay you. Praise the Lord. <laughs> if you're in the central Minnesota area, um, uh, uh, tell them exactly where you're at, Pastor Chris. Sure. Well, um, if you're in central Minnesota, you know where central Minnesota is. But uh, in the Saint, greater St. Cloud area, um, just uh, north of the Twin Cities. Okay. So if you're in the north St. Cloud area, um, the high praise central Minnesota. It's on a little lake there, isn't it? You're, what's the name of that little pond or something? It's, it's, uh, it's called Lake George. It's, uh, okay. it's a pond, but uh, yeah. it's uh, right in the center of the city. It's a beautiful spot. So yeah. come check it out. Yeah. Check them out. And also, of course, High Praise Orlando, Pastor Joshua Gay. For you that don't know it, he is our oldest son. Praise the Lord. So, um, and they're doing a great job. He and his his wife, uh, Miranda, are doing an awesome job down in Orlando, High Praise Orlando. But praise God. Don't you know we love y'all? We appreciate it, every one of you. You know, one of the things that uh, I've been saying a lot, right now is the time for the church to pray, obey, and unite. It's so important right now. Pray. Obey, unite. And um, as we do that, I believe we're going to see uh, changes. Uh, when I, when we very, this thing first, the coronavirus first broke out um, and we had the crisis, I, I, I immediately I started saying this, that in times of crisis, whatever's on the inside of you is going to come out. And we have really seen some stuff come out, you know, things <laughs> I think some things that nobody knew existed within some people. Crisis always pushes what's on the inside of you. And that's the reason Jesus said, says a good man out of the good treasure of his heart, he brings out good things. You know, an evil man out of the evil treasure, he brings out evil things. And so out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. And so whenever the pressure is on, whatever's on the inside begins to come out. And we have seen that come out. And uh, I believe it's been a time whenever we can really examine what's really in your heart. Forget 
forget what's in your wallet, what's in your heart, you know, what's, whatever's coming out of you right now, that's an indication of what's deep on the inside of your heart. And if you need to make some adjustments then make some adjustments, you know, and if there maybe perhaps there's something else that needs to be in your heart, you know, and if so, allow the Holy Spirit to do that within you. But we love you. We bless you. Thank you for you that have watched and tuned in today. I hope this has been a blessing to you. Thank you once again, Pastor Casey, Pastor Chris, Pastor Joshua. We appreciate all of you. Um, blessings to all of you. God bless. Thank you for tuning in today to the High Praise Podcast. We trust that you have been blessed by this panel discussion today. I want to encourage you to click subscribe to make sure that you get future podcasts and updates from us here at High Praise. We love you. We are praying for you. We'll talk to you later. God bless you.